Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different show, watch just its first episode, and discuss it, eliminating anything we may know about the future of that show. This week we're going to be talking about Ghosted. Ghosted went 16 episodes, only one season on Fox. We're going to be talking about episode one today, which was called Pilot, originally airing October 1st, 2017. I'm your host, Jay Gags, and with me as always, the guys... Gordo, Joe, Ferg, and Nick. What's going on, everybody? hey hey Bring me a higher love. <laughs> I think we got the best Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so both of those things are very much in my notes, and we're going to highlight mm-hmm. both of those things later for that different was, reasons. One doesn't hold up very well. <laughs> no. That was just what we like to call unfortunate timing. No, amazing yeah. timing. <laughs> I can't wait to get into that specific thing. It, 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 we'll get to that later on. Just to start off, Ghosted, has anyone seen Ghosted before we recorded this episode? I didn't Not know the show have I never existed. seen it. Ex- exactly. Yeah. I had no idea the show existed, and I watch a lot of television. They really dropped the ball with advertising this show. Like, yeah, I'd never yeah, heard of it before, and I love all the people on it. It's kind of weird that most of us hadn't even heard of it before. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know. I don't know what happened as far as their PR went, but Ferg's right; they dropped the ball big time. Well, I think yeah. they hired a PR firm, but then they ghosted them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, starting yeah, out strong. To, to peel back a little bit, this is a show that we all collectively talked about doing for a while when we discovered this show existed, and we're waiting for now because to get into it. It's October. This is week two of October. Uh, We're doing all Halloween or Supernatural type episodes for the entire month. So Ghosted fit into here, but we've wanted to do this for a while, actually. And I've personally wanted to check out this show since we discovered it because I love Adam Scott. I love Craig Robinson, but I really wanted to wait and watch it fresh so we can discuss. And I didn't want to watch the whole season if I ended up liking it. So uh, went in, you know, very raw with this for the first time, seeing the the pilot episode, so we could record. Did we? Is this the first episode that we've all been raw and we all haven't seen it? I think uh, it has yeah. to be. It has. It must yeah, be, I would, yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. Wow, it's a first. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really think of that actually. Yeah, because even like things like Country Comfort, like Joe had already watched. If you want to go all back to it. the archives, <laughs> all of it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really tough. It's tough to find a show that no, none of us have seen. And if none of us have seen it, it's tough for us to think to do the show, you know? Yeah, true. Um, so, yeah, let's get right into it. So the opening scene tells you that we're in Los Angeles. And we just see a man running through, like, a warehouse. And there's, like, sirens going off. And he ends up on the roof. And we see some, like, blue glowing, like, metal thing. Like, I couldn't really take what it was at the time. And then he runs back downstairs, starts recording himself, leaving like a distress message saying he thinks that he might be in trouble if anything were to happen to him. Find Leroy Wright and Max Jennifer because they can help. And as soon as he says that, he's zapped by this large Ghostbusters-like beam. Yeah. And it kind of just freezes him. And that's where we end off. It was very so, Ghostbustery. Yeah. I was Nick, say, yeah. Nick, did you notice that this is almost identical to the opening scene of Chuck? So yeah, I this is I'm gonna save that for later. But I did notice a lot of similarities. Yeah, I will say this opening scene. I I hated it. So <laughs> it's it's so network televisiony. Yeah, it reminded me of. Do you remember shows? Another Fox show. Do you remember that show Mantis? 
I think we talked about Mantis before. <laughs> we just had a combo about Mantis. Yeah. It reminded me of like Mantis or something that would be on Sci-Fi Network that you'd see two minutes of and just be like, no, I'm leaving. And that's not my whole yeah. opinion on this show, of course. I have never said scene... that when watching Mantis, all right? No, Mantis was fantastic. <laughs> it was the steal of our generation. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, I don't know. It just seemed it was so hokey and it wasn't in a charming hokey way yet, you know? And I feel like this show got charmingly hokey later on. But this one scene, if, if someone just showed me this and said, would you watch it? I would have said no. Right, yeah. I, I still would have. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I had much much opinion. I really delve that deep it was an opening scene they were kind of setting the scene and I, I really didn't know what to make of it but i didn't have a strong opinion one way or another i guess i audibly groaned at that scene and then kelsey handed me a cookie that had salt on it i had never had a cookie with salt on it before and then i went ooh, and then i was perked up for the rest of the episode i don't know why that matters but i had my first salt cookie before very good what about like salted caramel like that's the thing i guess the the caramel salted but this cookie had salt on the outside Okay. It was a chocolate chip cookie made with tahini and had salt on it. I'm a world traveler. I, yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> Did the... you smudge the chocolate into your couch while eating it? <laughs> the cookie exploded while I was eating it. Yeah. There's a hole in my cookie. <laughs> but slush came out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it was chocolate salted caramel cherry. <laughs> I fucked up real hard on that one. Uh, you guys will have to go back uh, a couple episodes. Is it, was it the Scrubs episode that, that got discussed? I think if it you, was. If you don't know what we're talking I about, so. yeah, I think uh, it was two scrubs, episodes yeah. ago. I'll, yeah, I'll or check out our uh, Instagram s one e one pod. You can find actually the story about Joe and his slush adventures. It's in the videos there, so you can check it out there if you want. But you know, always if there's an episode you hadn't listened to already, go back in the archives and give it a shot. But yeah, let's uh, continue on. So now we're at a bookstore where we see like a woman picking out a book for her husband, and uh, the attendant who's played by Adam Scott. Uh, starts to help her out. Uh, before we even move on, Adam Scott has been in so many things. Anything you guys best know him from or the first thing you think of when you see his face? Parks and Rec. <laughs> For me, it's Step Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> the good place. Actually, yeah. I I, I don't know. Uh, Parks and Rec and Step Brothers might be like right there, but I've seen more of Parks and Rec, so I feel like I would recognize him from that. But I feel like yeah. now it's Parks and Rec. He was I've also... seen more Parks and Rec, but I've seen Step Brothers first. Right, yeah. For exam, he's, yeah. He, but he's one of those guys. He was the, I th I saw Step Brothers first, and so it was tough for me to get over hating him. You know what I mean? That was Bradley like, Cooper in the wedding. Exactly. Singer. I that hated was my, him for yeah. so long. I hated him for so long because of that. You role. mean the Wedding Crashers? Wedding Crashers. I'm sorry. What did I say? For wedding singer. singer. The Wedding Singer has no bad <laughs> characters, <laughs> except Glenn. Glenn Gulia. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> Julia Gulia. Glad it never happened. Although Glenn Goulia is great in Rockstar. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So let's get back into it. So now uh, Adam Scott, uh, who plays Max in this show, starts to help her out. As the two get to chatting, she asks him if he's married. And he's like, yeah, well, sort of. No. Yeah. And then that's when he explains that his wife was abducted by aliens. And the, the woman's like, okay, bye. He's like, wait, wait, wait. And... Mm -hmm. Uh, he's trying to just explain the situation. He's not crazy. He's like, in fact, I'm a professor. I was a professor at Stanford for astrophysics. Uh, she runs off with her kid. He then finishes by saying that even if he is crazy, that doesn't mean that, you know, she still can't buy the book. And, uh, Solid those two logic. Yeah. Cause he's like, those two things are unrelated. 
and uh, he sort of like grabbed like out of nowhere, like you can't see the, like who it was, just hands, and he gets like stabbed in the neck by some sort of a needle, which like takes him out. So that's our introduction to his character. Any thoughts of that scene? I enjoyed that scene. She's also in a I can't think of her name, and I, I, I is she the her. girl in Donnie Darko? No, the, I think the she's girl too young that they that. the I don't know. I mean, I thought she's one of the girls Charita, that Michael I think brings her name home is? in the office Chata. from from uh, Benihana, right? Mm. She's in a bunch of stuff lately. I think she's isn't she in AP Bioberg? Ding. She's one of the Benihana waitresses. I don't remember her in AP Bio, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, hold on, we should yeah, we should have looked her up ahead of time so we had all this stuff ready to go. <laughs> Instead of us she all was just guessing. a random minor character. I didn't think to look at Yeah, I didn't think we were going to yeah. further discuss her. So <laughs> oh, I, I, I saw her and that. I immediately recognized her and was like, wait, I know her. And I'm pretty sure she's the girl from the Benihana episode. But she's also in a ton of stuff. And I think she's in AP Bio as well. Um, now I, I feel like know, a weirdo. Like, if I'm wrong, look her racist. Like, but yeah, the girl there, it's uh, Kula Vilyasek. She is one of the girls that Michael brings home from Benihana in the office. And so that would be the one he was dating, right? That's the one he gave the bike to? Yeah. She's okay. also yes. in, um, I don't know if you guys ever saw the show Bajillion Dollar Properties. Nope. Before mm-hmm. Peacock was a thing, P- NBC had their own streaming channel for like, I don't know, six or eight months before it tanked. And the one original show they had on there was this like fake show about, like a show that was like a fake reality show about like all those stupid like property brothers and everything. Yeah. That's really, really funny. And uh, she was one of the characters on that. I wonder if that's streaming on Peacock now. Probably if they own it, they probably tossed it in there. You know, yeah, I forget what the advertised. show was called, but it was a. Uh, I mean, what the channel was called, but it was the first place where you could watch like every Pluto? episode of Saturday Night Live, but they were all like eight minutes long because they don't own the rights to anything anymore. I oh, was it, it was Quibbly Pluto or something TV. like that? Something like Quibbly, yeah. yeah. No, Pluto still exists. That's just like a streaming channel. Oh, oh, okay. All right, all right. So let's get into the next scene. Uh, so now we're at a mall food court. We see like a shot of someone finishing their like mall Chinese food, and I want to distinguish mall Chinese food because it's not the same as like takeout Chinese food, which we get. Uh, it makes you think of all the times we'd go to the mall and everybody would get Chinese food, and I would still just get Sparrow. Yeah, but it's a different kind worst. of food, and I just think that that really needs to be pointed out. That mall Chinese food and like Chinese food that you'll order like at your local spot are not the same thing. They're different things. See, the here's menu. the thing, it's Jay. I think uh, being from the Northeast, we are spoiled as far as Chinese food goes. I think mall Chinese food is probably closer to reality in other parts of the country. That is extremely sad. It is. Um, can I interject here that they in the yes, Tupac for. Asian food, they actually have like a a really robust chamber of That's... commerce, so that they actually do a lot of the market research and tell people where to go and where to open up restaurants and give them funds to do it. So that's why you'll find them in like rural New Hampshire or in like these more rural areas because they do the market research for for them to open up these. It seems Preston. exotic. It's just it's weird uh, to me because then, then you have like traditional like, you know, cuisine from those countries, like if whether it be like, you know, Cantonese food or Chinese food, and it's not what we eat here. Oh, God, but then, no, no. But then mall Chinese food is a whole different thing, uh, different yeah. from what we consider Chinese food. It's like there's like three different tiers of like of what like Chinese fast, food could fast be. fast food version of Chinese food. Yeah, yeah right. I was just going to say that. And I, I'm, I was never a fan of, like, that kind of Chinese food, but they, there's one in the corner mall downtown Boston 
I forget the name of it actually, but I fucking love it. It's so Panda good. Panda Palace? Is no, it's not there. I, I'm not even sure I would know it if you said it. I just walk up and order it. Oh, I know what one you're talking about. Um, it's called Lids. Is, is it like <laughs> Great Chicken? But yeah, it's okay. Great so, Chicken. In any event, this this, this, <laughs> this small Japan wasn't bad. Umi is good. The small Chinese food is being consumed by a security guard who's played by Craig Robinson, who, again, we were just talking about The Office. I, to me, is best known from The Office. He's done a ton of stuff, but that hot the first time thing machine I know now, from. like, depending on how you would know him, like, he's been in so much stuff. Because that can really make a porno. Oh, right, right, right. That's right. I love The Office. I'll think of him first, but I hate the second thing I think of for him is Zach and Miri make a porno. He has a nice oh, like a annual. It's a good movie. Yeah, it yeah, is, it a, is good a good movie. movie. Yeah, it's probably the last nice good thing Kevin Smith did. He has a nice annual cameo in like uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. He's usually like one episode a season. He's also in, in uh, This Is the End, but as himself. Right. Oh, uh, that was good. Too, yeah. I still he haven't seen Brooklyn Nine Nine. Any, sure any sitcom eventually, like even if it's a one-off. He's like a perennial sitcom pop-in guy yeah so he's talking to like a boy cool Matt so he's talking to a boy who's with his mother uh and i guess he spent 15 years on the lapd with the boy's father before he started working this mall gig and said that the father always wanted his son to end up in college so as a result he gets him what looks like an sat prep book and the kid's like dude i'm 12 and the mother's like come on be respectful be respectful that was really nice of him and walks off and then he's like he said, turn to page six, you little bitch. <laughs> and then, <laughs> hiding inside of the book is a video game, uh, which uh, created for the show, I assume. I'm not much a gamer. You guys would know better than me, but I'm assuming Blood Soldiers, Subterranean yeah, Ops is a fake video game. Not a real game, yeah. <laughs> but would but you I play it if it, it was? Yes. I, I could okay. see it. Depends. Yeah. Is it an FPS? Because then no. Yeah. You and just said them, everything out loud that I have no idea what it means. Yeah. That on purpose. <laughs> he, he tells him to let him know when he gets to level 18 uh, to call him because there's some tricky stuff in there and he's going to help him walk him through. And then he notices a crazy guy just peeing in the fountain and yells at him <laughs> to stop. He's like, he goes, other homeless people got a drink out of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a good line. Yeah. And he's like, and he's like, you're not even getting it all in. So he's like dribbling. So he has to, so now he goes to the janitor closet because he has to find something to clean it up. And uh, then he, too, is then grabbed and stabbed in the neck with a needle. So these are the two guys, I mean, we know that were, or I would assume at this point, these were the two guys that the man in the opening scene called for in case anything happened to him. Now, quick question, because this crossed my mind when we were watching it, and I'm in real time question going to ask, Gordo. Yes. Have you ever peed in a fountain before? <laughs> I believe so. Okay, I believe that's true. I mean, it would it would have shocked me if you had a flat no on that one. I think I got I drunk and I think I pooped in one, but I've never <laughs> peed. Like. I think I peed in the one in Copley Square. That sounds right. <laughs> like you and a lot really of other drunk. people, I'm sure. That's never entered my brain the thought of peeing in a fountain. No, it's it's drained out. It would have been the, the weirdest place you've peed, Jay. No, the weirdest. I guess I'll get into it. The weirdest place I've ever peed was in line of a drive-thru at a Taco Bell. I got <laughs> out of the car. <laughs> I got out of the car, went to the back of the car, turned to the car behind us, and like peed like on their car. 
congrats. You're a sex offender oh. now. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh, my I God. Was, his nuts are so big. <laughs> I was uh, a lot younger and under the influence of a lot of alcohol. And I'm not. Did they flash their high beams at you? That's what my first move would have been. Just blind to make you fall over and pee yourself. What what do you do in that moment? You know, uh, beep the horn and beep the horn, hit the high beams. (laughs) Obviously, I was a man who didn't care. So, like, what was the horn going to do at that point? But I was a different person in my young twenties. I was waiting for. I was a different person yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Getting there, getting there, slowly trying to grow up. But uh, unless anyone else has any other fun pee stories, I guess we can move forward. But I can't think of any fun pee stories. Yeah. I so can think of others. Gordo trying to do other bathroom stuff stories, but pee isn't usually enter into the equation. Fucking right. <laughs> R.I.P. Gordo's thumb. <laughs> I forgot about that. So, all right. So now we get to the title screen, which is just the name of the show. We don't have an intro or anything fun like that to really discuss. Uh, now, when we cut back, the two men are both now in the back of a moving van, and they're coming. Uh, they're starting to come to. They exchange a few quick words, and early on, you can kind of see the dynamic between the two. Leroy is more of the straight man to Max's annoyingness. Not so much a comedic thing, but he just annoys him. And Max is asking him what the plan is, and then Leroy tells him, like, first, you just need to remain calm, which just gets Max more riled up. Uh, just trying to, you know, anticipate what the plan's going to be. From the front of the van, we see, like, this, like, little door slide open. And we meet their kidnapper, Barry, who tells Introduce himself as such. Yeah, I'm your kidnapper, Barry. And he tells him that he works <laughs> for a top-secret government agency, but that's all he can say. And he shuts the door and then opens. He's like, you know what? That was kind of rude. <laughs> and then... He felt it was a little unfair, and he explains to them that he works for the Bureau Underground, and they invest paranormal and anything outside the scientific realm. I can already tell, like, if I were to continue this series, he'll become my favorite character. The guy's awesome. He was fun, yeah. He has a, he, yeah. You know who he kind of reminds me of? Like, the way he, the tone, and I wish I remember the name of the character. Who's like that, like, rock monster from Thor Ragnarok? Korg. Doug. Doug. Wasn't it? Oh, no, Doug's Korg. dead. Korg. Oh, Korg. Is, is the character. Well, we yeah, thought Doug kinda, was dead. Yeah, he kind of reminds Doug's me of him. Dead. <laughs> he directed that movie, didn't he? Voiced by uh, Tata Watiti. What? I, like him. <laughs> that's his, he directed Thor Ragnarok. That's the, the, guy, that's the guy that uh, voices him. And oh. the director, yep. And Jojo Tata Rabbit, Watiti. right, which is great. I have to say his name like that to pronounce it right. <laughs> like, I don't know why. The character kind of reminded me of, of MBBS because his name was Barry, but Noho Hank. On Barry, yeah. Like if that God, guy opened, if he opened the slide and was like, "Hey, buddy," <laughs> like it would have worked fucking perfectly. <laughs> no, Hank is. Uh, I would love to do that show soon, actually. Although it's not really a sitcom, is it? It's a drama. Not really, yeah. yeah. Maybe a bonus episode down the line. That guy, though. Oh my God, one of the best characters in TV. Oddly enough, too, he's from Boston. Is he? He's really? one of those dudes who can turn on the Boston accent to make really? you really realize it like he just goes into a bit of like what every shitty kid went to high school it sounds like <laughs> and it's perfect he was in that kevin hart movie that just came out on uh, netflix oh, yeah he's like one of his friends and co-workers on a or something, right? on no <laughs> so anyways no yeah Hank. i feel bad because he's not in the show though. but yeah so <laughs> leroy's um response to all this is like are we on a hidden camera show uh, is alec trebek gonna come out right now and then Max's answer was great because he's just like, when did Alex Trebek have a hidden camera show? How did I miss that? Yeah. 
So then they uh, arrive at their destination. Uh, yeah, RIP Alex Rebecca. Because again, the show is what 2016? Did I say so? 2018. Yeah, 2018. I thought I thought it was 16. No, I'll go back. It was 2017. So at the time, he was still alive Ooh, and well. Yeah. I don't know about well, but he was alive. <laughs> and he probably was feeling like shit, but he was he alive. Yeah, Good he was for alive. you, Atrebs. So, yeah, once again, they get stabbed in the neck, and now they come to a second time, and now they're, like, handcuffed to a couple chairs, where this woman, who uh, is played by Amber Stevens-West, by the way, who's in a good amount of things herself. Real dying. I couldn't figure out... Oh, she was the younger girl. I was talking about the older blonde that's, like, in charge. I couldn't figure out what she was from. No, no. So so that girl who enters, she starts to kind of measure them for either body armor or a coffin. (laughs) It was like, oh, interesting. But to go back to her, actually, she's in a show or was in a show that also only had like a one season run called Happy Together. And that was with Damon Wayans Jr., which I had actually seen a good amount of. And that's a show that I would like to do uh, with you guys at some point, because I'm sure most of you didn't see that. Can we do like a Wayans month and also do the Wayans Brothers show? And um, we could do New Girl. He's in that, too. We could do a Wayans month. I would love a Wayans month. (laughs) But um, yeah, so and then we get uh, the captain enters Captain Laffrey who uh, introduces them to the Bureau Underground, and she shows them the message we saw at the beginning of the show, that, like, selfie video from uh, the guy who disappeared. The scene from Mantis. Yes. And um, she she asked them to join them for, like, one mission for only two days. With promises first for, like, Max to get his old job back, uh, working at Stanford, and he immediately says yes. And Leroy's like, what are you doing? Like, they kidnapped us. Yeah. And Max is now concerned. He's like, I'm kind of under the impression that we're a package deal. So, like, if I'm on board and you're not, like, I might not get this. So, and then Leroy says that he can't because every morning he meets up with his boys to discuss world affairs of Panera Bread. And he's kind of the unofficial leader, unless Jerry's there. And then it gets kind of weird. But um, then she promises that if he helps, he'll get his job back at the LAPD. So now he's on board. So basically pretty easy conceit. You do this thing. We'll get you back from your disgraced lives into your, uh, you know, former glory. Yeah. Yeah. And we do find out that he was like a missing persons uh, officer, the right? Missing, the yeah. best missing persons. That's when that was discovered. There, correct? I feel like you really got to have bad conduct if you're the best at doing something like finding missing people to lose your job. Like I understand yeah. he explains later on, but that doesn't seem enough to me to be like, Oh, we're going to fire you. Know you that just something not happened, find those sure. people anymore. Yeah. There, we, you definitely know at this point, something, something happened. Like if you're like a cold case person, you solve every murder that's ever happened that nobody can solve. And then you like spill coffee on your captain. They're like, fuck yeah. you, buddy. You're out of here. Like, but yeah. no one else can do that. I don't, it seems silly to me, but yeah. Again, this episode of Mantis is not that serious. You're gonna, yeah. There's people who are listening right now, like, are they mantis or ghosts? What are we talking about? For those, are they praying that we do mantis? I always do mantis, but it's not a com. It's not a sitcom. (laughs) It was fairly Uh, funny. So, anyways, sitcom on purpose. Okay. So, so they agree that they're gonna, you know, that they're gonna do this, and now they're on this like tour of Bureau Underground. And we just kind of see pictures on the walls of, like, various supernatural-type things, whether it be, like, alien or otherwise. And I thought it was funny because, like, absorbing all this information, the first thing Leroy thinks of is, like, have you guys ever seen a Yeti? Like, that's the most 
insane thing of all the supernatural stories, like with ghosts and aliens, like a Yeti, which is probably the most fair. I think Bigfoot was huge at that time, 2017. I remember everyone talking about that dumb show. And the Yeti is technically Bigfoot. I love that show. Was it that Hulu documentary from last year that was about like weed farmers in Northern California and you're like a true crime type thing? And halfway (laughs) through, I was like, wait, is this just about Bigfoot now? And like, I thought we were high because the next hour of the show was just like, yeah, man, he's out there. I was like, wait, we started watching like a weed growers true crime documentary, right? (laughs) I mean, I would say that like one of the first things I'd probably ask about is like the Yeti or alien. Damn Loch Ness monster. Yeah, I'd one of about those. So what anyways, about you, Jay? What what would you ask about? First, to get into Bigfoot stuff, not a popular opinion. I hate Bigfoot stuff. I'm I with think you, it's, Jay. So it's popular in this. I group. find yeah, the I don't fact, care about Bigfoot at all. I think the fact that they invest that much money and time into trying to find something that doesn't exist, insane. The amount of money that's gone into cryptozoology, like, is it blows my mind. Because did, I mi- did I miss something that there's a lot of money getting put into cryptozoology? Have you not seen like the shows where they had like they were doing like shows they had like yeah, all this like, like scientific money. stuff? That's not like like a bureau. Like... That's still money. Those are money that could go to something else. For the else. sake of a TV show, though, those aren't being produced to actually try to find Bigfoot. Because I'm just saying, anybody... if those are actual scientists, even if like. That's just what they're being paid to do. It's like, can't we use them for something more important? I mean, they're like actual anything? scientists in the same way that, like... No, they're redneck weed farmers, like yeah. Joe said. <laughs> yeah. They're the ones who, like, do the, the studies that tell you that, like, all the Skittles are secretly the same flavor. And those are the wrong. But I will say, Jay, you're right, though, right? Because there are certain shows you're like, we're on Satan's Island, and we know there's going to be gold ore. Come back yeah. on season 14. You're like, yeah. okay, if you've been fucking found gold in 14 yeah. years now, I'm pretty sure that we're just making a TV show. Like, there's, yeah. this is just so dumb now. So I'm not I would, that I would have asked that, so. about ghosts. That's what I would have asked. I'm not, I'm not a big death. ghost guy either. I guess if anything, I'd, I'd want to know Nickens. about aliens. Aliens is the most, like, probable. Not like the way that yeah. we see, like, green, like, ooh, type things, but it's there's something out there, right? Yeah. <laughs> I would ask about cone heads, yes. Yeah, so that'd be that probably Primax and Beldars, please. (laughs) And remove the deckel. If all of you had any idea listening how much Joe references cone heads, not just on the show, but just outside of the show, like such a random It's actually kind of concerning. Yeah. I bring it up to make get him to make the noise. (laughs) To get me going. To rile me up. I'm a cone head head. To dial it back a little bit, though, so during the store, we also kind of meet the rest of the staff or the crew there, and that's when we officially meet the girl that we were talking about earlier. Her name's Annie, and she's like a weapons and tech expert, and then Barry, the guy, the kidnapper, is Dr. Barry Shaw, who handles like unidentifiable evidence, so those two are part of the team here. I love this scene because it's very James Bond, right? We're like an underground bunker. It's MI6. This is Q. This is M. Yeah, Weird because they're not yeah. meeting, cool we're not meeting them officially. This. She's not walking over to them and showing you like, oh, this is Annie. It's like Annie. And then they, it's like her cut to the camera looking at it like, yep. you know, like bucking up a gun or whatever. So it's like that's you like know, action sequence. Yeah, it, it's made to look that way. Yeah. And then she also lets it be known that if they tell anybody about this place, that they will do everything in their power to make sure nobody ever believes anything they say ever again. Which I feel like Max is already in that territory. I Everyone was going to say, so nothing yeah. will change for Max. Yeah. But one thing about it, she says, you have 48 hours. And I just sat there, like, I was at myself, I said, why? 
<laughs> like, yeah, she never says why they only have 48 hours or anything. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't really I mean, move from day one. It was a two day thing. And that's they just decided that and it was what it was. Yeah, I guess so. But that doesn't come back around for you're right. There's no point in the later on in the episode where they're like, wow, 47 and a half hours. Good thing yeah, we solved this. We'll yeah, get, we'll get into it later. But towards the end of the episode, they addressed that 48 hours is up. And it was just like, okay, then. And we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll get there's into no, it. Like, counter yeah. on anything happening in 48 right, hours. It yeah. wasn't like well, there's this a bomb wasn't an episode of 24. Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, we had a timer going on here. So they go through, um, now that they're kind of integrated with everything going on, they go through a rundown of Agent Checker's last investigation. Agent Checker was the man who we saw in the top of the episode. So he works for Bureau Underground. And the last investigation, which was like largely based on like multiverse stuff, and Max is like, I literally wrote the book on that. And so apparently all the stuff that he had been like hypothesizing about was correct. So now we know why he's part of this, why they called for him to be in this mission, I suppose. That's a and great scene, by the way. His, his reaction to like being right with all of his theories after all these years, like he really sells it with his face. Yeah. Well, you, you think like, about it, really like something like acting. that is such a. All those like kind of concepts are so wild. Like even if there's any fragments of things you can believe, it's still a wild concept. So, and you never really get to fulfill that. You never get validity. Like the people who create these things never find out one way or another, right? There's no way to. Yeah. So like to be told like yes, you're like all your life's work is actually correct, and you're not a crazy person must be a very fulfilling moment. <laughs> That's got to be nice. I mean, man, I imagine. I mean, we all, as people who've been friends for our entire lives, have shit all over each other for one thing or another. It would be really nice to, at one point, be able to get one thing that you've been shit on for a long time and be justified in front of it. Right. <laughs> like, like, like when we eventually do Cavemen and you all realize it's a good show. Ooh, that's not going to happen there, bud. Yeah. No. Episode 100. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so uh, this is also when we kind of see Leroy step into being the officer he was before because he, you know, the questions he's asking about did you check here, here, and here? And they're like, yeah, we already covered that. So they're feeling pretty good. Like, yeah, we've already covered all that. And then he's like, all right, check his cell phone location records. And then he matched that up with like credit card sales. And then he was able to pinpoint like that he had a storage facility that they didn't know about. And he's like, did you guys know he had a storage facility? And they did not. So now they have their next place to go over to. They're and like, did next- you go to the storage facility? And their answer was, yup. <laughs> <laughs> So they have uh so this is when they find out they have 48 hours and Max is like from now or from like when we leave um it was I thought that was like a little bit of a forced joke there like they were they're really playing into what his character was but I don't know I know we always play better writing in this I would have loved especially since this is a Fox show if they put the 48 hour ticker like 24 yeah and then when they were like from now or from we leave and they like paused it and then kept starting it and pausing it I thought that would have been a good visual joke yeah, that yeah, that would have been a good that would have been a good gag. So now we get to the two of them driving and talking and this is this is going to be big. This is this is the scene Ferg's been dying to talk about. Uh <laughs> so Max is trying to make conversation to a av- and to avoid it Leroy turns on the radio and it's Higher Love by Steve Winward. And for My those of you who don't song. know, Ferg loves Steve Winward in a way that I can't understand myself <laughs> and I've known him for 35 years. But he's Is a it Winward or Winwood? Winwood. 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 Yeah. I'm sorry, Winwood. I mean, Ferg, As if you in want to talk about Ferg. Yes. If Ferg, if you want to talk about Steve Winwood a little bit, yeah, go right ahead. 
just want to bring up that Steve Winwood is playing with Steely Dan soon. If you guys want to go, <laughs> I would go to yeah. that. But man, Steve Winwood's just one of those like artists where like you didn't know that song was him, and you go, "Oh, that's Steve Winwood," and it's like, every single song is so catchy. You know, the go, proof positive of that kick. was like what? I know of him, and I know he has a bunch of hits. When the song played, I'm googling now to like look it up so I can bring it up in the episode. And as soon as I saw it was him, I went, "Oh." Mm-hmm. Ferg's going to be so excited. <laughs> you didn't know that was Steve Winwood? I know who he is. I it's like he, I don't listen to Higher Love that often in my personal I love time. Back I in the, the High Life again. Fucking yeah. Valerie. Come on. Back in the You guys all know Valerie. Again. He wrote Valerie? Yeah. He is huh. Valerie actually. It's <laughs> Valerie Winwood. Steve is a stage oh. name. <laughs> is it a different Valerie from the one that uh Amy Winehouse recorded? Different Valerie? I'm not I familiar with that song. Amy Winehouse one. R.I.P. Right. Amy yeah. Winehouse. Well, moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> I hope she doesn't rest in peace. Jeez, Louise. Weird. Wow. What is it with you? <laughs> she, your new. She's so your much hate Queen in his heart. <laughs> There's a lot of Ferg. I hate Queen Latifah. I hope that Amy Winehouse is not resting peacefully. But give me, give me Steve Winwood any day. <laughs> Steve Winwood brought me Valerie and um, Higher Love. All right. What, what has Amy Winehouse ever done for me? She brought Nothing. tears she dry on their weird own. Weird movements when she sings, and that's actually why I hate her. She has it's a wonderful, had a wonderful, wonderful voice. She had a very good voice. I don't care for her yeah, music, but great voice. Oh, really? Yeah, I was she's a big rotten fan. in I'm hell. Like, I'm like, oh, that's so weird. Jeez, man. Um, yeah, I legitimately am a big fan, but regardless. Um, so eventually Leroy becomes fed up and pulls over and he kicks Max out of the car because Max just kept trying to talk to him. And he's but he keeps very trying clear. to talk to him and he's screaming the words. <laughs> Yeah, I love Adam. I love in, a, in so an aggressive way, not trying to keep the melody or anything. He's just like basically yelling the lyrics at him. And Is this a thing that a Ferg has done to a Max in the real life? That yes. it feels like it would be something that happened many times. But you know what? Max gave up. Well, his Max, my Max, don't give up. <laughs> Your Max punched you in the face and put on the superior Michael McDonald. Yeah. So he, how yeah, dare I, you? So I think the triggering <laughs> point was. Max Max said that like we're partners and I think that's what triggered him and he's like yeah. we are not partners and then I, I like the line where he's like the yellow brick road ends here Toto <laughs> it's a good way to kick someone out of the car and also a good soft rock reference yes after Winwood that's probably the next song that was playing after higher Love. probably yeah. the next on the mix yeah yeah <laughs> that would be my mix a little Africa so before he exit, he pleads with Leroy to let him stay. He need like he needs this because he's lost everything. Everyone in the world thinks he's crazy, and he and he finally has this like glimmer of hope that all this stuff that he's been saying is actually real. So Leroy caves and he lets him stay along. And they enter the storage locker, and there's really nothing there except a few books on the fro- on the ground, and uh, one of them is Max's book, and. <laughs> Max immediately is like, should I sign it? Because he's like clearly a fan. And Leroy just slaps the book out of his hand, which I thought was, it got a laugh out of me. I just love the joke of when somebody sells a book that nobody wants, right? Like I think of Al Gore's book being sold in The Simpsons. He puts on Celebrate because <laughs> he sells book. one copy of the book. Like I like the idea that Max is like, oh, you're the one guy who bought my book. Yeah, and then multiverse that, yeah. didn't sell multi yeah. copies, am I we, right? We do, it, we do have an author uh, on this panel. Gordo, do you want to plug? Yeah, I have a book called The Secret Shitter's Guide to Boston, Volume 1, that reviews toilets in and around Boston. 
<laughs> well, I mean, you don't what even what, sound what interested it, in it. What is that enthusiastic <laughs> pitch? Good, yeah. better sales pitch there, bud. No, so all right, so I mean, it's a it's a robust romp through Boston's bathrooms where you can hear the pitter patter of this writers taking little tiny dukes on top of <laughs> on, on, in some of the worst and best places. It's available on Amazon. What was the what worst are, overall? I think it was the Alewife MBTA bathroom. Oh, been there. Wow, you're not wrong. <laughs> it, the, when Jesus. the toilet paper yeah. is chained to the yeah. wall, <laughs> that's a bad sign. By the way, I bought the book and Amazon didn't pay Gordo, so Bezos, pay my boy, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, Amazon doesn't do that, and they got rid of their uh, uh, self-publishing platform. Oh, really? So, yes. That's they weird. Did. That seems like They're a doing away move. with it. It oh, was under uh, it was under Create Space. Um, yeah, I, I know like many people have actually taken advantage of that. That's uh yeah. it's an unfortunate Someone yeah. else will rise though. Like with that happening, someone else will take over, but it, you won't have the same distribution availability, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um Lightscribe I think is the new one, yeah. and I think it does have integration and I believe that's Barnes and Nobles. Okay. So uh, that's that's at least, you know, widespread yeah it's it's in barnes and nobles so i mean or, or it's at least orderable to a right. barnes and noble which you know maybe if i ever get around to writing part duke um oh, you know. for i knew you were gonna have a fucking <laughs> shitty reference you know there. what it's gonna be called you know right? it's already written itself volume two for number two no pa- no part deuce. no no part deuce no. Uh, yeah part deuce is good no no it's gonna be called the secret shitter's guide to Boston, Volume Two, Electric Poogaloo. Oh, I hate that so much. <laughs> why don't you call it? Why don't you call it Volume Two Ply? I All like these things are better Poogaloo. than yours, Gordo. Yeah. Well, we'll, uh, we'll discuss. We'll discuss Gordo's second poo book uh, off air, and you know, we'll we'll update you guys as we have more information. But Will to get we back, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. But to get back into this, we are back in the locker store's locker and he sees a message on the wall that says are you in the dark so immediately leroy shuts the gate to the storage locker and it reveals this like this was dumb black light blueprint uh it's like a power plant and uh max is still distracted despite seeing this extravagant thing and he's still just trying to sign the book but yeah (laughs) no um you didn't you didn't like this you didn't like this this, is such uh, a this is such a that was like a really lazy writing right there. Like they, they they could have gone about finding that a million different ways. And then the are you in the dark? Everybody knows what the fuck that means. It's there to hide it, right? Do yeah. a better job than that. I, oh, what I if hated what that. if somebody opened the place at night? It wouldn't have been hidden. <laughs> exactly. It would have already been yeah. Done. Right. There <laughs> was just that only that. works yeah. from sun up to sun. I thought that was super most, super uh, lazy. Yeah, I mean, like I said in I so, like, a show like this, right, where you know it's grounded in comedy first, like, I, I try to not overthink the something like that. If this was a more serious show, I would pick that apart more, probably. But, yeah, here, I guess I just didn't think about it. But I, I see where you're, where you're coming from. They could have went about how they discovered this blueprint a million different ways. It didn't right. have to be a blacklight. I think but it they, should have needed like an visual. actual blacklight. And like they come back with one or something like that. Like they could have, yeah, they could have just... found something. Like the they wanted the visual, but they could have went about it a different way to find a way to get there for sure. 
Or have them not figure it out and then get trapped in there and then be there. And like and be just bo- yeah, hours later after being stuck in there, it eventually pops up. Yeah, As somebody who's been trapped inside of garages for many hours at a time, that is a horror movie. So then they go back to, um, they get back in the car and they're talking to Captain Laffrey again. And they discovered that uh, Checker was working there, like undercover, the place that this is a map to. And now they need to go inside of this reactor to find out what he was actually doing there. So to get in there, they have this like extremely high tech, like programming thing where they basically hacked in to create a paper jam in the printer. That was their way in. And it was like really goofy. Did they have Joe run a quarter through it? Yeah. I was just going to say, they put a, they put a, <laughs> a shopping bag through the yeah. printer. <laughs> they snuck in. Again, go to S1E1Pod on Instagram if you want to hear another weird Joe story involving him and paper shredders. But I've yeah, also no. weirdly been obsessed with like uh, nuclear power plants ever since I was a kid. So like, if somebody offered me the opportunity to sneak into one and then to shove a shopping <laughs> bag through a printer, I would that'd be like a double dream for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I thought I thought this was funny because like it's all this crazy high tech stuff that just leads to a, uh, a a planned paper jam, so that they have a reason to go in and disguise themselves as paper uh, printer repairmen. But like, what did yeah, you guys but- think of the 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 this technique to get them into the building. I thought it was kitschy enough for the show. I think it fit the show. Um, Not only that, though, it made me think because every printer jams all the time. Is there a secret government agency jamming up my friggin' printers? Yeah. You know what I actually (laughs) like, too, that they do, like, at this point, um, all throughout the episode, really, like, during the comedic moments, they use very serious sound effects and music behind everything at all times. Like, to kind of keep you in the mood of like what the show would normally be if it wasn't a comedy. So they're doing all this stuff and they're showing all this crazy technology and it just is to create this paper jam. But I I think that that builds to the effect. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's not a serious show. So it, it, they didn't need to do something like super serious. You know what it kind of reminded me of is the, uh, what is it? The Tanetta trilogy. Just those scenes where like, Tanetta, the songwriter on YouTube? No. The The one who's recording Yummy Yummy Pizza? No. I don't know what any of you are talking about. I will show you later. Joe, you'll love it. I was talking about Uh, like like Shaun of the Dead and um, like Hot Fuzz. Those transition scenes where like it's super serious. Oh, I can see that. But I meant Cornetto trilogy and I said Tanetta. Joe, I can't wait to show you Tanetta. I'm going to hate it. You are going to hate it. You'll like it. Actually, Joe will like it. We'll go over it later. As opposed to Hot Fuzz, which does have the greatest yeah. James Bond of all time in it. So, in any event... Timothy um, Dalton? Yes, sir. So, when um, when they enter, they're greeted by a woman named Deb, who's who's played by Sarah Baker, and she's also someone who's been in a million different things, but... And The Office. Oh, right, right. I forgot she was in The Office. She's the nurse when Pam and Jim have their baby. Yep, you're right. I know her as Mitzi wow. Huggins. In the I can't remember her, but I did not. That's not what I remembered her as. Yeah. Did you guys see the movie right The away. Campaign with uh, Zach Galifianakis and Will Ferrell? I don't think I have. No. It's, it's so funny, good. but yeah, no. she played Zach Galifianakis' wife in it. Uh, it. It's worth checking out when you guys have some time. It's funny. Oh, what's his name in it? I remember so, Huggins, but yeah, I can't remember first. now. I can't remember his first name. But yeah, so she wants to fix it herself in the future because she says this thing jams up all the time. And uh, they're trying to get away. They're trying to figure out how to get her out of there because they don't, 
they're not actually there to fix the printer and they don't know how. And I do like that if you notice their polos, it said they worked for a company called Copy Bureau. Like that's yeah. like that's a terrible <laughs> name. Like that. like it's just not a, like <laughs> yeah. that's not what they would name a company <clears throat> like that at all. It sounds like a fake government agency cover up. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It does. I just love it. They could have said something like, um, Oh, it's actually pretty technical. It's something you can't do on your own. Or you need like a special tool for it or yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But they like panic, but Max, uh, earlier insisted that he, because he took improv in college that he's got this. (laughs) And I like, as soon as they even talk to him, he's just like, I'm going to set my tools down. And he's like, puts them down very awkwardly. (laughs) Yeah. That's very Adam Scott esque. That whole scene right there was very like what he excels at. But yeah, so neither of them actually know how to fix this. So now they're going back and forth both trying to pitch that they're the boss <laughs> so that they have to make the other one do it. And then eventually Max just slaps Leroy. In the face. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he did it a couple times. L- Leroy's and- reaction after the first one though, when she tries to leave and he goes, no, you need to see this. He goes, why? <laughs> I, I started dying laughing. There's no reason to call it back. Yeah. It was so good. But yeah, eventually this makes her super uncomfortable with all the slapping. So she leaves. So it, so I, it, the plan, I guess, actually works out. Yeah, it works, I guess. And then uh, he's like, end scene. But then <laughs> Leroy goes up to him and he's like, watch your face. <laughs> <laughs> so now they go to explore the inside of this plant and they find the thing. It looks like the thing that was on the top of the roof from the beginning of the episode, like this glowing thing. They go to take a picture of it. And then, like, as he holds the phone up, you're looking through the perspective of the phone's, like, camera. And you see this big, bald, bearded man appears. And he just says, like, you're not supposed to be here. By the way, it- you know how much I watch horror movies? I jumped so high. <laughs> yeah. Not expecting it a was, jump It was scare, unexpected. Like, yeah. The voice they used was so weird. Though. Like, the tone that they altered his voice, he almost sounded like just like a bad guy from a Power Rangers episode. Like, it was just, like, <laughs> yeah. a weird voice that they used. Oh, the putties. Yeah. But I like <laughs> Leroy just goes, you right. <laughs> and they just run off. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah. So then they, they're, they're talking to Annie from uh, bureau underground and they're on the phone trying to find a way to navigate out because now he's chasing them around and he's uh, shooting she's like, them too. Right. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. But at this point she's like, yep, everything's yeah. going to be fine. Probably. And, uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, he starts shooting and Annie's still trying to navigate uh and help them out and he's just uh max is going they have guns and we are very frightened we are very frightened (laughs) we are very very frightened it's so earnest yeah and then uh, she eventually is able to like hack a door to like unlock it so they can get out and and they safely exit i thought they kind of abruptly ended that scene because it was just like the doors unlocked they walk out and like there's no follow-up like like the bad guy is like trapped, like it's a video game. Like he can't exit through the door or anything. They just walk out and now they're fine. But yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's I think because there's a lot to pack in this episode. It, yeah, it, and and again, we don't know what goes on in future episodes. But I mean, I imagine that they need to move the plot along. That's going to be that right, dense. right, right. Because this is a heavy. A lot dense of things show. happen in this show just to keep the plot going. By right. The way. But oh, okay. a lot does too. Like there are certain shows we talk about. I want to say that Meredith Children's probably the king of it so far. Where like I usually don't have to pause that much to write down what's happening or, or lines I think are really funny. But this one, there's so much. It's so dense. There's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of it's really funny. Where I was surprised after watching it, I was like, "How long was that episode?" I felt like it was a movie. 
I yeah. it it takes me so long because I write pretty long notes to be able to keep the episode and remember the order everything happens in. And to get through this episode and have as much detail written down as I wanted took me forever. Because every scene, there's just a lot going on, a lot of quick lines. It it took quite a bit. But um, yeah, from there we get back to Bureau Underground and Max is now like kind of showing his professor skills a little bit. We see like him using a marker to write on this large piece of glass and, and he realizes there must be a second coil. So the the thing we saw earlier was some sort of a coil like that sends and receives energy. A and, magnetic coil, I believe. They right. Say, right. So he's so he's under the understanding that the one that they saw is just one of two, which would mean that the one we saw at the beginning of the episode on the roof is probably the second one, unless that one got moved. But if you're tracking from the beginning, that's that would all make sense. So right here in this when this happens, Doctor Shaw walks in and asks if they need anything because he's like, oh, it's probably been you know really rough on you guys with everything that just happened. And Leroy asks for a PB and J. <laughs> No crust, extra J, no PB. <laughs> so a jelly sandwich. He, he just asked for a jelly sandwich. And, a crustless jelly sandwich. And I figured this would be a fun point. What do you do? You guys mess with peanut butter and jelly, and what's your approach? Do you guys use fluff? Do you use grape, strawberry? Grape jelly. So I love. Um, I don't like. I hate the Welch's jelly and stuff like that. I would love like a like a preserve or a, a jam or something like that with like mm. actual fruit in it. Uh, I love just a regular peanut butter and jelly, but if I have to add something, I love adding banana to it. Sliced banana in a PBJ is amazing. Hmm. I like strawberry jam Grounds. and chunky peanut butter, and I'm I am pro crust. Chunky all day, yeah, yeah, chunky for sure. Uh, I never buy j- chunky. Just to stick up for him, by the way, he orders it weird because that's embarrassing. But it's like when I order, <laughs> I don't like broccoli, so I have to say like I love chicken broccoli and ziti. Uh, hold, hold the broccoli, and it's. <laughs> They think you're fucking with them. They never think yeah. you're actually making an order. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that I mean, look every time. Even on Scrubs, isn't JD's drink apple teeny hold the teeny? <laughs> he just <laughs> oh, gets like so, apple, yeah. like whatever in a glass. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, because they always make the apple teeny joke. So, Nick, I forget who are... it was. Somebody who was friends with us one time went to Bert McDonald's in the drive thru and was like, Do you guys have grilled cheese? And they were like, No. They're like, Can you make me a grilled cheese? And they're like, Okay. And they just gave him a burger but didn't put a patty in it. And it was like (laughs) the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't think that was any of us. That was somebody we know. This was Winthrop, but I can't remember who. So to recap as we tangent off of a tangent, Nick, you are a peanut butter and jelly, sometimes with banana guy. Standard grape jelly? I'd prefer not grape jelly. I would like what Joe did, like a strawberry preserve or something like that. So all right. Joe, your strawberry chunky peanut butter. With Gordo, crust. you also do chunky. What do you do? What's your jelly situation? I don't mind a Concord, like a Concord grape jelly. Um, I, I'm not a big, not a big preserve guy. Uh, so I mean, I'm I'm just a standard. Mostly, I only eat the PB and J after, you know, <laughs> after you twist your mustache. I yeah, this, is a, this is not a this is not a video podcast, Gordo. He is twirling oh. his. Uh, he, now he's throwing his I, mustache, but originally he was. I was making. That. I was smoking a doobie. Yeah, it's uh, really good after. Oh, I a thought doobie. you were sucking a Smurf's dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ferg, no, that's a the two are not representation of yours. Ferg, what's your oh. peanut butter and jelly style? Uh, the peanut butter has to be Jif, and um, I like because you're a choosy the mom. crunchy kind, and it's gonna be grape jelly. I don't like strawberry jelly at all. 
I'm not a big grape jelly guy, so I'm peanut butter jelly pretty stand. I I'm, I think I'm the only guy who gets creamy peanut butter, but uh, usually Skippy you know, peanut butter and then uh, strawberry jelly or jam. To be fair, like for me, that came with age. I only liked smooth when I was younger, and when I got older, I, I like peanuts a yeah. lot more. So I'm sure I, like I would like it. Now. I, I would never turn down it. a grape jelly and smooth peanut butter with pe- uh, peanut butter and jelly, though. You know what I mean? Like I'm not like yeah. ugh, gross. Like I oh, yeah, just like sure. a preference thing, you know. Other thing. Do you Does guys... anyone mess with fluff though? No one messes with fluff. Oh, I do. I, I, I do like occasionally. It. It's just so unhealthy. Sometimes. <laughs> like it's just yeah, it's so really bad, bad for you. you. It's gross. They have the fluff festival that used to be right down the street from my old house. They had it for like they've had it for like a hundred years. Yeah, because it's a it's a I regional item, fluff. That's that's a local yeah. that's a local. I used to put thing. fluff in my um what's it called? Hot, hot chocolates. chocolates. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big hot chocolate thing. Because I'm basically right, it's just marshmallow. Is fluff mm. Is f- I know fluff is a regional thing as far as creation, but is that pretty popular countrywide? I think, I think so, but I don't know. Yeah, do people know? So just in case, because I, I honestly don't nutter. know. For those of you listening, yeah, outside, fluff or nutter, uh, uh, just fluff as we fluff typically is, would call it. Uh, it is, it's just marshmallow spread that you could yeah, put in your sandwich. And if you make a peanut butter and fluff sandwich, which I loved as a kid, in retrospect, is the driest sandwich you could possibly I eat. I want one now. <laughs> yeah, I it's know, so, me too. Wicked it's so bad. dry. <laughs> I'm going to buy some fluff tomorrow. But as a kid, no. when you have the option, like, wait, instead of jelly, I can just have marshmallows all over my sandwich with peanut butter? So the butter? weird like, thing yeah. about fluff is it is in other countries. It is in Japan, Canada, Israel, Russia, Germany. But in wow. the U.S., okay. it is only in the Northeast. Really? So you can get it in other mm. countries... But it's tough to get elsewhere, and the north. We're so worldly. <laughs> even considering how many countries it's in, New England accounts for half of fluff sales nation or globally. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Now, when you guys make That's a really peanut cool. butter and jelly sandwich, do you guys put peanut butter on both sides and then the jelly? No, you like the peanut Bill butter Belichick one way? side, jelly on the one other. One one, buddy. One you one. only yeah. need to do that if you're a fluff guy. You need to put the fluff over the peanut butter because the fluff will rip up your bread. And you so also. You you also, that's how you have to do that. You also, have to do no way to not get peanut butter in the whole jar of uh, fluff. That's why you do <laughs> jelly first, because jelly, you would it would be harder to get peanut butter out of jelly than it would be to get jelly out of peanut butter. So you have to go jelly first. <laughs> how do you guys feel about like that goober stuff where it's peanut butter and jelly in the same thing? It's not enough jelly. I don't like that. I, no, I it tastes like the it, peanut butter and it tasted like ass. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I don't think I've had it what since I was like a small about? child. It's like the swirl. It was like mixed already. already. It was. I don't it's, know if that exists anymore. It's to be peanut honest. butter and jelly in the same jar, swirled. Oh, it, 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 it definitely still exists. Though it's existed since we were a small child, mm-hmm. like children. I'm sorry. Oh, but is that still a thing? I, I haven't seen it in a long. I've definitely seen it. I don't look for it. So I mean, I couldn't tell you for sure. But yeah, that's our 20 minutes talk about called? peanut butter it's and called, jelly. It's called Goober? Go- yeah, it's Goober, right? <laughs> it's called Goober? <laughs> Who's Goober? Who's Goober? <laughs> Who's Goober? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, that wraps so up we can easy, Yeah, we can easily chop that out and just make a half hour. All right, but real quick, have you, guys ever, have you guys ever toasted your peanut butter and jelly? No. I had it on Made toast, it on but I never toast. toasted it with inside. I would I would put strawberry jam on toast, but yeah, that's where I was really good. But yeah, yeah the I would have done is I put peanut butter on a bagel. But oh, I've been I love that. That's great. That's a peanut good butter on an English muffin. A hot English muffin is unbelievable. Ooh, yeah. mm. I would so usually uh, out of this combo. That's when I that's when I get into almond butter territories. If it's like an English muffin, or something <laughs> like, like Gabe. 
You know my problem with almond butter the is it's too like anymore. watery. That's my only yeah. issue with it. Yeah, you have to like stir it for eight minutes and like you know you, you like hurt your forearm before you eat it every single time. It's not like you do it <laughs> once and then it's good. You have to do it every single time you eat. Yeah, it. There's like a reactivation period. Yeah, because if you well, if, if you, you ever like use all the oil up top, then you just have concrete that you have to eat for the rest of the jar. <laughs> Try concrete. I was gonna say if you get really good peanut butter, like fresh peanut butter, same thing. Like Teddy, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to refrigerate that too. So, anyways, we probably really should move on from the peanut butter and jelly talk at this point. But in my head, this would be a one-minute clip, and now it's literally impossible to clip into anything because it's so long. But, uh, yeah. So, anyway, so the next scene, they're parked in uh, in the car at the plant, and uh, Max oh, is explaining joke. the multiverse to Leroy. And he tells him how there's another universe with all of the same people, but in, you know, like in that, in a different universe, the two of them might not know each other. And his instant reaction, Leroy's, is just asking about Kevin Spacey. He's like, yeah, there would be another Kevin Spacey. That's a good example. And he goes, we probably got the best one. Uh, and then, like, Ugh, and then man. even, yeah, in my so notes, funny. I just wrote, uh. So <laughs> they could have picked, but, like, they well. picked just, like, a funny actor. And the one, I mean, like, unfortunately, they there's a lot of people they could have picked, right? Like, it's probably... I mean, they could have said we got the best Harvey Weinstein or the best yeah. Bill Cosby, right? Like, it'd be bad either way. But, like, I feel like you would have gone with somebody just tried and true and safer and long dead just to yeah. make sure. You know what it was? Is th- this was the prime of House of Cards. Like, that show was huge then. Yeah. Well, but mm. that's not even But they're why only he... making usual suspect jokes, though, because they keep just yelling yeah, Kaiser Soze. Yeah, he just keeps saying Kaiser Soze over and over and over <laughs> again. He just keeps saying it, and it's not even like... It doesn't fit. He just keeps saying it to himself. He just keeps going, Kaiser Soze. Kaiser Soze. Can you imagine, imagine if, if they just picked a different actor from one? that? I think we got the best Gabriel Byrne. But what, if, just... what if we have the best Kevin Spacey? Because all the other ones. Oh, no. Oh, my right. God. Imagine this is the best <laughs> one. I just can't. It's just so funny, again, to think that, like, Kevin, to think, like, this. Kevin Spacey can't be any better than he is in this universe. And it's like, ooh, boy. <laughs> I would maybe say we probably maybe have. that's why we got one season. <laughs> we probably have the best Adam Scott. Adam Scott mm. seems like such a nice dude. Yeah. Please like, don't say that because I feel like anybody you say it about, you're going to curse. We, yeah, jinx. Like, <laughs> see what happens in a couple weeks. Is someone reviewing our show and like, ooh, this doesn't hold up well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then. um. So finally, he asks Max about his wife and the night that she disappeared. And it turns out that right before her abduction, the two of them had got in a giant fight and she was packing. (laughs) So he's like, oh, so she just left you. And he's like, no, people do all kinds of weird things before they get abducted. Like, you know, like you could just be riding a bike or packing. And then he that's when he handcuffs him to the steering wheel. And he's like, "Okay." Now I know you're crazy, so um, you're staying in the car because you're certifiably nuts and you might get me killed. And uh, before he exit, he has to come back to the car real quick for like this little comedic button where he needs to get his Fitbit because he's tracking his steps. That's and right, Fitbits, baby. I think we're Fitbit a lot more all day. So I was just about to say, Fitbits aren't nearly as popular today as they even were like a few years ago. A few years ago, like I felt like everybody I knew was doing Fitbit challenges, and now it's just everyone just does their Peloton. <laughs> As it stands Joe right has now, one because he's ten years in the past. That is true. Joe thinks they just came out. <laughs> My last one died while we were moving a few months ago, and I had so many steps that day, and it died in the middle of it, and I was heartbroken. And the next day, I went out and spent one hundred and twenty dollars on a new one because I couldn't handle that it was gone. Get an iWatch. 
Say, even just no, your the regular iWatch is too phone. big. That's why I like the Fitbit. It's not huge. But and your right phone now, currently, I'm at... in your pocket tracks your steps all day. Yeah, not as good as the Fitbit. Do you it's ever compare? Like, actually, out of, out of curiosity, do you ever side by side them at the end of the day to see like one way or the I other? I do, yeah. Because this tracks your actual like beats and stuff when you're working out. So if you put yeah. it in like I'm working out mode when I do like my workouts and stuff, it gives you all the information because it can tell your heartbeat and everything your pulse but as of right now i'm at fourteen thousand six hundred and three steps for the day oh look at you i that's impressive you're... working from home yeah <laughs> and for how many hours how many, i work how many trips yeah. to the fridge joe <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of going to get water going to pee and then a lot of me doing this there's a lot of things we call i call cheater steps <clears throat> which is like you get really mad about your day and you're like <laughs> i walked around the city today and only got 7400 in so, so I double what you did, and I yeah. had been... Well, I walked to get coffee at one point, and now that I moved to the sticks, walking to get coffee takes over an hour. Yeah. <laughs> did you walk to so Vermont does, for coffee? Yeah, it's about 25 minutes there and 25 minutes back, so that adds get a, a lot to the step count. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you went for an, a nearly an hour-long walk. So, yeah, right, that so at that point, I mean, that was probably things, yeah. six or 7,000 steps. Yeah. So, but yeah, now coffee. it's just... I feel like now it's just everyone has a Peloton, and then, like, in a few years, people Who won't... Who is a Peloton? Everyone. Yeah. I don't have a Peloton. I don't, I don't know anybody who has one. They are I know a so lot of people. Expensive. I was talking yeah, to people at work today so who were talking expensive. about their Pelotons. It, it's, it, it is a thing. It, I have very, an exercise bike. I, know it's I a... use it every morning. I ride for at least an hour, and I bought it from Amazon, and it costs like $112, and it's going to kill me when it folds in on me one day, but I still <laughs> will never be able to afford a Peloton. <laughs> yeah. Can you leave your camera on for when that <laughs> I should just start making workout videos. I could be the new um, uh, guy, Richard Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um so anyway so as Leroy's walking off uh as soon as he kind of gets away from the car the car gets blasted that same Ghostbusters like blast and um it's kind of like now within a force field and the car starts raising up and then as we see Leroy inside the building investigating around with a flashlight one of Joe's favorite tools the flashlight um, so sexual yes. We see uh, the force field is kind of lifted out of nowhere, and the car just drops down to the ground. And that that noise uh, is what causes Leroy to run back outside. I feel like this scene was very much a nod to Repo Man, the way they had the car lit up and into the air like that. Like it wasn't <laughs> flying, but it was just sort of floating and in, like illuminated like that. That was very the last scene of Repo Man. I thought you meant the wrestler at first. Yes, Repo Bar- Man. Barry Dorso. Yeah, it was it was a it was a tribute to Barry Dorso. That yeah, scene was very blacktop right bully. But... Yeah. <laughs> And then, um, yeah, so now Max is pretty mad at Leroy because he's like, you know, I could have got killed, you know, because I was because you handcuffed me to the car when all this happened. So now he's like, OK, so now let's talk about, you know, how you got fired from the LAPD because he had brought up his wife earlier and apparently he got killed because he made a bad call. And that was for him to go in without backup and his partner got shot because the two of them went in without backup. And what I, the one thing I didn't like was his reaction was like, cause he was like, is that what you wanted to hear? And he's like, well, not really. Like, I felt like that <laughs> scene, the balance of serious and comedy there wasn't, there, wasn't there. And, and I have noticed that throughout this episode a little bit in general with the writing is they lean very hard on the funny, but they don't know how to balance anything serious with it. It, it needs constant. It's a very goofy show. I feel the same. This scene, it seemed like it was a little awkward. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's a big matzo ball hanging out there. Once he said it's not really what I wanted, like nobody knew what to sort of do with it. Yeah, and um, but he also explains that's why he locked him in the car. So, because he didn't want him to get killed, he didn't want someone else to die under his decisions again. So, 
Did uh, you guys figure that out? Be- not that like the the partner died or anything like that, but that that he cuffed him to protect him. No, not at that point. I figured it was legitimately, you're a crazy person. I don't want you to get me killed. I thought that was plausible at that point. I I thought that because of the goofy nature of the show, like, if they do something straight, that's probably the reason why they're doing it. Like, I don't think there's much nuance to it. By then, I figured, because he was a cop, he cuffed him to protect him, because at that point, he knows his danger, because they've already been shot at. I just thought he thought he was a danger to himself. When he realized that he still believes that his uh, wife was abducted when it just sounds like she packed up and moved after a fight. Mm. So he's like, this is just he's he's not in touch with reality. And it, like, I can't have him be the reason I get killed. So that I mean, that's I thought I took it for face value at that point. But apparently it wasn't. Apparently it was a, a callback to what happened to him earlier in his police days. Mm. And this causes them to hug. Uh, more like Max wants to hug more than Leroy wants to be part of it, but they do hug. That is what causes uh, Max to be able to see the beam going around the building because he, when he positioned in, he could see the light flying around the windows. And from that point, they go up to the door and Leroy suggests that Max picks him up so he can uh, see through the vent, which, uh, you know, obviously due to size discrepancy, again, if you don't know Adam Scott and Craig Robinson, they are obviously very, very different sizes. And Craig Robinson, who plays Leroy, is three times <laughs> yeah. the size of Adam Scott. So I like the way he played that, though, because he suggested it very honestly. And then when Max gets uncomfortable, he's like, no, nah, I'm just joking. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was you know, he did yeah. it to make him nervous. So then, you yeah, know, see, that was played much better than the hug. Yeah, scene. yeah, that was that was done pretty well. And when Leroy picks him up, Leroy picks Max up now instead so he can look through that vent and they see Checker, the the agent, uh, inside. He's kind of like laying on like kind of examination table and he's without clothes except for like, you know, his privates are covered with like a towel. We see that guy again, the big bearded guy from earlier is like the guy in the room with them and he just puts his hands to his head and lifts <laughs> his head off of his body and like places it down on a side table. Yeah. But to go back to what I yeah. said earlier um, about how like this show is a lot of stuff that is just for the sake of moving the plot forward. This is one of like the like main examples. He has no reason to take his head off. He never does anything with his head being off. He just walks yeah. in the other room. This, there was literally no reason other than for them to see it and have yeah. a reason. To- yeah, it was it was to <laughs> it was to just be like, look at this weird thing that happened. But yeah, it wasn't yeah, like right. he it needed like to he take his head off his to do neck. something else. Yeah, like, like, I if expected like an alien had to come up out of the hole and be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, right, like a he, men in black scenario or something. I wanted yeah, Tony right. Shalhoub to be driving his neck hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you should have taken his head off and then it, ex- it was a way to like turn your neck into a flashlight or something, you know, to, to then. Yeah. So, so it was like a practi- yeah, so there's like a practicality behind it. But yeah, you, you, you make a really good point there. Someone has vibrating flashlight neck started. going. <laughs> yeah. So to, um. For those of you who have no idea what's going on, Joe has a weird affixation with flashlights, and you can listen into the archives. I think it first came up in our Third Rock from the Third Sun episode. The sun. So yeah. if you want to go back and listen to that, you can hear about all this weird stuff that goes on in Joe's brain, because some of these callbacks might not translate if you're just catching into us like uh, right around now or the last few episodes, but I Joe has a weird flashlight thing. Yeah. Explore the insanity of the five of us talking for the past year. Yeah. Yeah, you'll you'll yeah. you'll catch some gems in there episode to episode. So please, again, if you are new to us, you know, go back and listen to old episodes. The format of the show lends itself to being evergreen, so you can you know listen to anything you want whenever you want. It doesn't really matter when. 
go back and listen to Mama's Family just because that show rules. Not our episode, just the show in general. Yeah. <laughs> what, listen to an episode of Mama's Family? Yeah. I, I would do it, Skeeter. So anyways, so anyways, um, when Max comes back down to the ground, he's telling Leroy what happened, and Leroy's like, I, did you smoke when you were in the car? With like, how high are you right now? So now, actually, Max does lift Leroy up so he can look through. And I like that first he just could He's, like, really struggling to do it. And he's, like, he's trying to get under him. And you can see, like, from the vent, from the perspective inside the building, you just see, like, a little bit of his hair popping up a couple times because he can't <laughs> quite get him. <laughs> that that yeah, was he, good. Yeah. yeah. He can't get him quite high enough so he can look through it. But eventually he does. And he sees the head laying on the table there. It works so well because Craig Robinson has tall hair. Like, having tall yeah. hair yeah, lends yeah, that yeah, yeah. being such a funnier joke, you know? It's dense like bread. <laughs> <laughs> and so now, so now the plan is for them to go in and one of them has to grab the head so the other can rescue Checker. Which, like, again, when we talk about, you know, Ferg talking about certain things just being for the plot, the body was out of the room. You could just go rescue Checker. You don't have to steal the head. It doesn't really lend itself to helping the plan. But, but you know. The Wilhelm scream was a bit much. Yeah, well, I actually no, that I made loved it. it. That that's my favorite scene of the whole episode. I love it when it's because of their reaction. <laughs> so can we make a petition though, now though to maybe record some new Wilhelm scream type noises because you hear the same five or whatever. Like oh, I don't, the first thing I tracked was yeah. like, okay, here we go. But to go back before we even get to that point, I like how it was done because as they were discussing this plan, there's a point where Leroy's trying to basically use kind of like reverse psychology to get Max to be the one who pick up the head because he doesn't want to do it. And he's like, oh, so you're scared of heads. That's fine. And he's like, I understand. Like, <laughs> everyone's scared of something. I'm scared of ducks. And then yeah. he's trying to ask him. He's like, <laughs> I don't even talk me. about it. I don't even me. want to talk about it. I don't even talk about it. <laughs> he's like, he's... so they just kind of get into it. Mallory. So, so I really duck, liked. Ducks I, are assholes. I, I really believe. liked his way of sneaking, you know, by using reverse psychology to get Max to agree to be the one to grab the head. <laughs> Uh, but as far as the ducks, do any of you guys have what I guess you would consider a, uh, a rational fear of something? I know Joe's. No. Are you going to say cantaloupe? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> cantaloupe. Your fear of cantaloupe is the weirdest cantaloupe shit. At your mom, Jay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my, so, yeah. So, years ago, so Joe does not like cantaloupe. He does not like to touch cantaloupe. They, they give him the heebie-jeebies. Um, so my mom, we all grew up together. We've all been friends at this point for like 30 years. We're all 35, 36 years old at this point. So, um, we're all in my living room and my mom walks up to Joe and he's like, she's just like, Joe, can you hold this for me? Cause she's aware of this and <laughs> just hands Joe a whole cantaloupe. In which uh, Joe just jumps and I don't know. Did you throw it? <laughs> I Roger Clemens did at her and then felt so bad because his like, immediate reaction was just oh to God. rip it out of my hands. And I was like, I'm so sorry. You also puked on a rug 10 minutes after they put it down. <laughs> <laughs> it's like cats when they cover a yeah. of cucumbers. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I wouldn't say I have an irrational fear of pickles, but I hate pickles. I, no, I'm I've seen you, like, move away from pickles. You're afraid of pickles. I wouldn't say I'm afraid of them. I'm I, disgusted I by them. I'm just saying. That's the way it looks. Like, like if, you, if I go to, like a, like, a diner and they give me, like, a pickle wedge with my sandwich, which I don't understand why people do that because it's disgusting, but whatever, um, I will pick it up and be like, does someone want this? Like, I can physically you can touch it. it if I have to. Like, I don't want to, but, like, in that moment, especially if it's, like, a crispier one, I can get away with it. If it's, like, super mushy, I'm not touching it. Now, do you have the same aversion to cucumber? No, I like cucumbers. 
That's the thing. Interesting. So it's a Brian scenario. So yeah, my argument's always been I like cucumbers, but I've never ate one and went, you know what I'd rather do? Put this in a jar of vinegar and eat it in like a month. Like that's never dawned on me. What about fried pickles? Nah. I <laughs> I try I tried fried one like great. once. I think you're I missing think... out. I think you uh have just avoided them for so long. I bet there are ones out there. That's the thing about pickles. You like... say that to me with vegetables and that's yeah, always but a you're lie a bitch. It's time. a different story. Like what the difference is is like there's <laughs> so many different types of pickles. Yeah, I don't like the mushiness, but I also don't like a strong vinegar taste. So like either. everything about I like pickles, pickles, I hate vinegar. Yeah, everything that that like happens vinegar, with pickles doesn't pickles. make sense to me. But for for you to hate all vegetables, like they don't all taste the same. So for you, potatoes, consistency. For you potatoes. It's not a vegetable. It's a root. Yes, it is. It's, it's a root. root. It's a root it's a vegetable. Root. It's, vegetable. It's, a, it's a tuber. <laughs> yeah. For, but uh, no, like as far as an actual fear, I, I haven't seen you eating eating in a while, Ferg. Do you put like if you have a burger, like nothing, no lettuce, no tomato, no, neither, okay. just cheese and bacon. I go pickle onion, ketchup, ketchup, mayo. I had a Five Guys burger today. It was delicious. It's great. I like mushrooms on my burger. I don't uh, like that. I like mushrooms. No, um, but as far as fear, anyone have any? Uh, I guess it doesn't have to be irrational, man. Any, any, but I guess irrational. I had a, I've, I've always had a fear, and I, I found out recently that it's a phobia. It's called thalassophobia, and it's um, like large objects, like under the water, like if a boat sunk, right? And you, if you're, you know, we live in Winthrop, like you can see a small sunken boat every now and again. You couldn't give me enough money to get in the water near that, even though it's just an inanimate object. I hate large things underwater. It, it what, what about like if it was a large rock, like something that's no? Kind of I, I hate that too. Yeah, like if you're in really? like a lake in New Hampshire and there's a rock there, like let's go stand on the rock. I'm like, I'm gonna stay on the beach. Fuck that. So hmm. Nick does not want to come with us to our podcast vacation to uh, Hawaii a rock to in the go lake. visit Pearl Harbor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yeah, no, like the uh, what is that? The Arizona? No thanks. Yeah. No thanks. I have a uh, fear of heights. Yeah, I, I don't, don't like even know. Even though I will do roller coasters and stuff, if like if I watch like an Instagram video or YouTube video where like someone is teetering over the side or they're putting their phone like over the side of a cliff, it makes my skin crawl. <laughs> yeah. It absolutely makes my skin crawl. Yeah, like you'll get on the, I can't even get on the rides. I can't bring myself to doing it. I can't I either, can't. yeah. I will say, Gordo, with you, there's always these videos, and I believe they're usually Russian or, like, Eastern European, where it's, like, these dudes climb up on Yeah, dude. There was one of them. One of those dudes died. I'm I'm not surprised. Like, trying to do pull-ups off those things, those videos. I have watched enough of those one day where I just didn't sleep. Like, I just couldn't go to bed. I was too freaked (laughs) out about everything. Because those things are weird, because there's a moment where it's, like, it's a fun video as far as, like, it's going to get a lot of attention, but... What's the risk versus reward? Do you really need that adrenaline? Like, you need that to feel like something in your life? Like, that's Not the me. only way you feel that's alive? That's what, yeah, I think, I, honestly, there's a guy on YouTube, and his uh, his name is called, it's, the channel name is Adrenaline Addiction. And this dude goes around the world and jumps off, like, the tallest, sketchiest shit you can think of. Like, he free jumps, like, into water or, like... He'll jump off of the side of a cliff. Oh, he got a wingsuit recently. He's like, I've never really used one of these before, so we'll see what happens. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, uh, And wow. like the death rate with that stuff is like through the roof, too. Like oh, Your chances high. of dying of in a wingsuit specifically are like higher than they should be. 
I mean, like the yeah. most famous stuntman of all time, Dar Robinson, who created some of the most like used things still to this day that are like meant to keep stuntmen safe, died doing a stunt, right? Like, yeah. if yeah. you keep doing that shit over and over and over again, eventually it will catch you up punch to you. too many. Yeah, yeah. you're playing yeah. the odds every single the time. The guy who invented so the wingsuit died. Of that course. Invented yeah. the what? The wingsuit. The thing that makes you a giant flying squirrel. Yeah, yeah. I was say, the flying squirrel suit. But yeah, uh, all right, so to get back in, so Max walks in and grabs the head, and we, we were talking about it a minute ago. Uh, as soon as he looks over at it, the eyes open, and then it's when you hear that, like, Wilhelm scream, which makes Max scream, and then he runs and throws the head over to Leroy, which makes him scream, and something about Leroy, I think Leroy when Leroy screamed, scream, yep. that's what got me. That made me, like, audibly laugh, which doesn't happen very often when I watch shows <laughs> like this. As the body's kind of chasing them, they're trying to stop the head from... Uh, making noises so like max slaps it and leroy puts like a gun to it and he's like stop <laughs> it he's like yelling at the head. And, that made uh, me laugh yeah and it bites max at one point but uh, all the they, head stuff made me laugh yeah it was good and the arm from the body punches through the wall which uh to recover the head really wants his head back yeah <laughs> and then they go head. to they go to grab checker before the like this, the big guy does. Like I, I don't know what to call him otherwise. Um, and big they're color. too, yeah. So they're too late, and they run to the roof because uh, they hear something going on up there. And that's when Max sees Checker being beamed into the spaceship, and like that big guy is just he then opens his mouth like wide, and like one of those massive Ghostbuster like beams again comes out of his mouth and goes up to the ship. And as soon as that finishes, the ship just like disappears. And the guy's like back to normal. He's like, so apparently he was just like possessed by something because as soon as that went away, he's just like, hey, wait, don't shoot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I feel like a scene was cut because they go from the, the uh, lab where he's like, he's not here. And then all of a sudden it's just uh, Max on the roof. And then so they don't explain like how he got such a lead on Leroy. I think they should have been at least like a scene of them on the stairs and Leroy. Yeah, they might've like did a little chopping for time around there. But Who like, knows? Yeah. Cause it does, it does. It was a little bit of a jump from one to the, they kind of wrapped it up. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, it's so dense. Like we keep saying, right. There's so much. Was yeah. this a half an hour? Yeah. It was under it was like a 24 minute episode. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure there was, I mean, if this ever continued on and they made like a Blu-ray or DVD or whatever, I'm sure this episode would have been extended to like an hour. And I like that, like, when Leroy does show up, like, yeah, we have the big guys, like, don't shoot, don't shoot. But also, when Max is trying to explain what happened to him, like, he's, like, obviously he didn't see the spaceship, so he's like, oh, come on. Like, it's like, Max finally had someone that could have, like, who was in the realm of believing all this stuff, but he wasn't there for this moment. So he's like, are you sure you're not high? Like, Leroy doesn't quite... Despite, but I would say at that point, right, like, Leroy is questioning it still, and like, are you sure you're not high? But... You just witnessed a man pull his head off his body and like yeah, it it's the, the Independence Day conundrum again. Like when he, after aliens have invaded Earth, the dude is doesn't believe uh, what's his name that he was abducted in like oh, the seventies or whatever. He's like, oh, this guy's crazy. It's like there's literally aliens here right now. Like, why don't you believe this? Is yeah, I mean, you believe it's yeah. uh, cousin Eddie. That's because Randy yeah, Quaid's yeah. character though is eccentric, you know. You know what's that, weirder that, than Randy so Quaid's character in that movie? Randy Quaid on Earth as a normal. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Yeah, who's probably in <laughs> Hello with the crazy. beard and the frilly hair. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, is anybody surprised? Like he no. just looks like a crazy person. 
But you want him to be like at that happy medium where like you think he could still get like jobs acting because he's always so funny and stuff. But like he's beyond that. He's not hiring. Like, I, I wanted this that to be never a character. Happened. I didn't want that to be the real yeah. thing. <laughs> right. Well, if this had never happened, every year we'd get like a fun Cousin Eddie Christmas commercial. And it would yeah. be amazing. Right. It'd yeah. be like. Cousin Eddie for Hallmark. He'd be like, hell yeah. Like, he'd be stoked every time it came on. He would like, for sure have made his way into, like, one of those Capital One ads by now. Right. Yeah. Speaking of Cousin Eddie, have you ever seen Christmas Vacation sequel? Uh, Christmas Vacation 2, which is just about Cousin Eddie. Cousin no, Eddie's I was... Island? I own it. Yes. It's so bad. It's terrible. When you said, when you said Christmas Vacation sequel, I was like, Vegas Vacation? <laughs> no, it's literally Christmas Vacation 2, and it's just Cousin Eddie and the family on a desert island, like. And they bring oh. back the original Audrey from the first movie. As Audrey again? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. It's really not great. I bet. Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyways, uh, back at uh, Bureau Underground, they're now explaining what happened uh, to the captain. She says, uh, she's like, oh, it's a shame that time's up, but, like, a deal's a deal. And Leroy gets his job back with the LAPD, but Max, uh, sadly, Stanford passed. <laughs> Stanford, so, like, sorry, no go. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> we, get, we get the job at the bookstore. Stanford and, uh, is a no go, but we got you reinstated at yeah. the bookstore. <laughs> Reinstating your He's only gone job. for two it's days, so too. To like, you, like, did the bookstore fire him that quick? It's been two days. <laughs> yeah, but they both decide that they want to stay. And this goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the timeline. Like, they gave. They gave him 48 hours for no specific reason, right? Because 48 hours ended mid-mission. And she's like, well, deal's a deal. Bye. But maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. that was a long play. She knew that you know, once they got in, they would be interested. They want to keep it, doing it. Because it caters to their strong yeah. points. You know, like They've done their research on them. But yeah, so they both decided that they're going to stay. And they've accepted jobs at BR Underground. And after that... Steve Winwood starts playing again, and all the other members of the team show up to congratulate them for joining. And at the end, uh, the close of the episode, Max sees a screen with multiple people that they've been monitoring who have similar abduction stories. And that's when this was like a good way to end the episode, in my opinion. They he sees his wife is one of the ones there. Yeah, I and, love that. What a great way to end it. Yeah, you and they're the all slap, in an in, and they're all in an insane asylum too. Yes. So I thought that was a I thought it was a really fun way to end that episode because it ties everything in and it it makes you want to watch that next episode yep. and see what's going on. So yep. as yep. far as everything yep. goes, I think that was that was like the perfect way to to wrap that up because it just ends with her like screaming. Right? They just show her and she's like screaming in like the padded room. Mm-hmm. The way that um, killed me because I never watch these shows in advance. I always watch them the day where we're gonna record. Yep. And I watched this a week ago, so I've been sitting on that dying. Yeah. See what happens next. Yeah, like a week. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the entirety of the episode. So um, before we get into green light or canceling it, uh, anything else you guys want to talk about as far as this episode goes or the show in general? One thing you left out is you left out uh, with the Steve Winwood part at the end. That's when the whole uh, watch your face thing came back around. Oh, that's right. And that's he right. Him right in the You're back. right. So yeah, he, yep. he gets his receipt on him, and he, he gives him a good. Uh, Leroy gives Max a good slap uh, as payback from before when he slapped him a couple times in the. We also talking about my copy. favorite lines in the episode at the end too, where he just asks him why was the head yelling, which <laughs> made me laugh so <laughs> yeah. hard. He was startled. It was picked up. He wasn't expecting uh, someone to pick him up. <laughs> But yeah, like, head yelling. I like I like her her response too is I don't know we're trying to find that out. Yeah. <laughs> like... So uh you know one thing about the show 
you know, we talked about it at the very beginning when we discussed the fact that none of us had seen it or really even heard about it was for sure they did a poor job um, advertising for it. But one other thing I do want to note on the other side, the more negative side of things was I did feel like the writing could have been a lot better on the show. I thought the, uh, it hits in like shows like this, the way that they're operated, like they're more fixated on the comedy. So like you don't have to worry yeah, about, I have a lot the about that stuff. to talk about with the, you know, around the horn part. Yeah. But um, I mean, it's very much a pilot. Yeah, too, so for like... sure. I just thought there were a couple loose ends. They could have tied up a little bit better. A couple things they could have, <clears throat> the jokes could have landed a different way if they handled it different. But overall, you know, uh, any other notes, anything else about these guys, this show, anything? Other than just the shock that it existed without any of us knowing about it, I sort of think other than um other than like Steve Winward, the show has a great soundtrack. Like all the action scenes and stuff, and like the music in the background and stuff like that. It's always just very reminiscent of sci, like different like sci-fi like action movies. Yeah, I thought they did a really good job. Re- like, re- like Mantis. That. Yes, Mantis. <laughs> Early on, I mentioned I think they did a good job with the sound effects and the music, using it in a way that they played it like a serious show. So that the comedy, it actually using serious music a- added to the comedy, the way that like it, the discrepancy between tone and, and what was being said. So I, I thought that actually worked really well. Yeah, it scored well. Yeah. Yeah, that's really what I was looking for. <laughs> Too tired. But any other notes? Do you guys want to get to the green light or cancel? Flame on. I was going to say, I'll take an, uh, a long silence as, yes, let's get, let's get to it. So I'll take a long silence as an yeah. editable moment in this podcast. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I'll just go in the order that I'm seeing you guys in. Uh, so, Gordo, you'd be first. I'm going to green light this. It was kind of, ho- it was hokey enough. It was, I wanted to watch a second episode. It made me laugh. Um, it made me want to jump into the world and see their kind of spin on everything. Because yeah. I know it's not like a serious sci-fi thing, so it's hope it's funny. But yeah, I want to give a second episode a watch. So green light, Joe. I really actually enjoyed this show a lot. It's Office meets Repo Man meets James Bond meets uh, meets Ghostbusters. Maybe is like the sort of and like that all worked really well for me. Um, this isn't streaming anywhere free, I believe. So I did, I purchased the episode to watch and at the end of watching it, it gives you the option of like, do you want to buy the rest of the season at the same discounted rate since you bought one you moron? And I immediately was just like, fuck yes. Okay. So it's a green light for me and I will be continuing to watch it probably tonight. Berg. Yeah. Um, it's a great cast, great soundtrack. Um, I love the, uh, comedy. I love supernatural things. This episode was all about like aliens, but I mean, the show's called Ghosted because like they deal with supernatural ghosts, it, the Yeti, cryptids, everything like that. And I, I just can't wait to see how they deal with other things like that. So I, I was immediately sucked in, plus with the cliffhanger ending. And I will never cancel a show that features Steve Winwood. So green light. Nick. I hate that I hate this show. I really like Adam Scott. I really like Craig Robinson. And I really like the idea of the show. I just think Fox killed this show. I hate the format. I don't like the way it looks and feels. Fox has a ton of commercials, right? I know we didn't have to experience those commercials, 
But Fox has so many commercials that you have to shoot around the breaks for them, and I noticed it. I noticed the, the hard cuts that you would have to go to commercial for. I didn't like a lot. There was like a lot of loose things that I felt like they could have been written smarter. And, and like I said, it bugs me that I don't like this show considering the cast because I think it would have potential on another network. If that was on any other network, I think it would have done well. I'm, I'm not surprised that it got canceled. They ended this episode on a cliffhanger, and even then I was like, I, I just don't care. Like, I don't care to see any more of this show. I am hard canceling this show. I get why it's not around anymore. I did not enjoy it at all. All right, so for me, I'm with the rest of you guys. Uh, so I'm going to green light it. My only real big concern, like I said, is I did feel like the writing needed to be a little better. It was fine because I think they had two two really solid lead guys and they can just make anything work. So I really enjoyed the dynamic between the two of them. And I was kind of bummed because I was like, I wish they would just use these two together for other stuff. Like if the supernatural thing didn't work out, like give them a new pilot, like put them on another show together where they're just like regular cops or something. You know, in any event, I, I just, I did like it. And I'm someone who tends to not enjoy supernatural ghost type shows. Like those things usually aren't my wheelhouse, but I really did. I, I did dig this. Nick, I agree with you that like the show reeks of Fox. It felt like a Fox show. The way it shoots and stuff, just the look of it looked like a Fox show. It's cheap. Yeah. But it worked for me. I enjoyed it. Uh, the cliffhanger at the end, 100% worked for me. Like, I was bummed I couldn't just immediately watch the next episode. So it's a green light. So overall, that's four out of five for us, guys. Uh, so Ghost did a show that literally no one really knew about that came and went under the radar with us watching it for the first time. Got four out of five. So 80%. You know, that's a strong green light from us. I don't know, Fox. You fucked up. But in any event, uh, that's it for this week. So if you want to follow us, go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find the links to all the places where you can listen to us, all our social medias. Everything's there. Rate, review, subscribe, do all that stuff. It means a lot to us. Spread the word. Let people know. If you enjoy our show, tell us. Tell other people. Let us know shows you want us to cover. You know, we're open to anything. So we love the feedback. We like interacting with all you guys when you reach out. So that's it for us this week. Stay tuned for next week, which is week three of our Halloween-ish episodes for October. And we won't tell you what it is just yet, but it'll be on our Instagram shortly if you're listening live. So keep up. Uh, in a couple days, that'll get posted. And that's it. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. I think we got the best mantis. <laughs>